Isn't God good? He is so good, and uh, I'm uh, so thankful that all of you made it here today. And uh, we pray that uh, nobody had any incidents on the way in and such, but it looked like a lot of what they thought was going to hit us jumped over us, and that's okay with me, but <laughs> we pray for those who are without power today and those who have uh, some other challenges, but uh, God is still on the throne. So uh, we're, we're uh, looking forward to, to our two weeks from now, we're going to have a break the fast, and uh, Esther was telling you about that, and we're excited about that, and we're excited, but we want to hear from you about what God is doing in your life, or even what you expect. If God's speaking to you about what to expect for 2020, I want to hear from you, okay? And so here in this room, we're going to have thirty, about 30 tables or so, and we're going to have a, a, a breakfast, and we're going to be having a testimony service. And, and if anyone desires to be baptized and you haven't been baptized, we need to know, uh, you need to let us know uh, be, be by uh, next Sunday or the Monday, the week after that, and uh, before uh, we come to set up for this because we want to go ahead and get the tank and everything all ready for that. But we want you to know we want this to be a celebration time. We have some new members that are going to be coming in, all right? We're going to introduce them to you. So we're just going to be celebrating everything that God is doing in 2020 and how he's activating us to whatever he's calling you to be activated to, right? Some of us are going to be activated in prayer in a whole new dimension, unlike anything that we've ever entered into before, all right? I don't know if some of you are ready for that, but God wants to take you to a place. Some of you are going to be activated in the word. You're, you're, all of a sudden, something's going to be stirred up within you, and you're going to be hungry for the word. And, and you're just going to like, I want to become a consumer of the word of God. And some of you are, are going to be activated in worship. All right, I, I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen for some of you. You're going to be worshipers like you've ever been before. That's what the Lord is giving me a picture of is going to happen in 2020. Some of you are going to be activated in service. You feel like I've been doing a lot already, but God's got more for you. You heard of J Jabez, right? He says, I've got a territory, but God, enlarge my territory. Give me more access and, and more ability to minister. And, and, and that's what he was asking for. Some of you are going to be activated in evangelism. Some of you are scared half to death. You're like, what if they tell me no? What if they ridicule me? What if they persecute me? You know what? You're going to get excited about that. You're going to get excited because guess what? You're not relying upon what you see with these physical eyes in the, in the proclamation of the gospel, but you're believing that, that there's a power of God that's going to bring people into salvation, all right? Activate it. That's what we're talking about. Amen? So um, I've got this. What, what is this? Anyone know what this is? A Coke. I didn't hear anyone say the Michigan term. That's a pop. That's not. Soda's not Michigan. Soda's Southern, all right? That's a pop, all right? Well, it's hard to look at a Coke and think of about a pop. But you know what? I, I, I'm hoping that we're going to get popped off here, all right? And so um, I, I'm going to open this up here. And, and some of you have seen this happen before. How many of you have ever seen what happens when you mix Coca-Cola with uh, Mentos? And whenever, uh, how, how many Mentos do I need to put in here before we start to have activity here? Anyone have any idea? Will you come up here and hold this for me, um, Shar? No, no, just kidding, just kidding. 
I'm not going to do that this morning, but some of you have seen some of the, the commercials or the things on YouTube, and you saw what happens when, when people begin to put mento tablets, either in Coke or Diet Coke, and there's this chemical reaction that happens, and, and uh, there's this explosion. And I mean, it moves little toy cars and vehicles and, and spins things around. I mean, it, it's amazing force that happens. And, and that's kind of what I, I believe the Lord wants us to do. You see there a picture of, of our screen here. Um, this, this little droplet or this tablet being immersed within this water. And, and when it's immersed within the water, it, that which was totally whole and, and uh, just in, in and of by itself, but then when it was put in the water, something began to happen. This effervescence began to happen. This bubbling began to happen. And I sense the Holy Spirit is going to take us this year, and we're going to be immersed within the Holy Spirit, all right? And we're going to be activated, and, and, and it's not going to be able to be contained, all right? No lid. How many say no lids? No lids. I don't want any lid. I don't want anything to keep me down. I want to recognize that the Lord has given me an opportunity to be popping off for him, right? <laughs> I want to be popping off for him. But will you pray with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity that I have to bring the word of God. I, I pray, Lord, that you would help this uh, to, to find a place. Uh, that's not only within the knower, but uh, within the mind, but God, also within the heart of your people. That we can understand when you're telling us, God, to, to, to be active, activated, Lord, that, that you really have a plan. And it's, it's not just to, to stay busy. It's just not busy work. It's life-transforming work. It's life-changing. It's life-giving. Lord, it is the opportunity to make a difference. And so, Lord, I thank you for the real people who are sitting before me. We're serving a real God and want to make a real difference. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We kicked off last week and talked in James chapter 1, verse 22, and it says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. You know, we've got a lot of people. Maybe one of you or some of you or many of you have been those people that have listened but haven't been activated. Not doers of the word. And you felt bad about it. Sometimes we've even felt embarrassed about it and ashamed because we could look back in our lives and if someone was to come in or we would let someone look in our lives and, and we would let them kind of investigate and evaluate, could you have done more than what you actually are doing now? There's a number of us who would ashamedly say, yeah, I probably could. But what's holding us back? I think we really need to find out what it is that's stopping us from being doers of the word, all right? Because God has a clear plan. There's lots of people walking around today who is wondering, what in the world does God have for me? What is the directions he has? What is God's plan for my life? Can I, I want to tell you something, all right? It's unique for you, all right? But it also has a very general aspect for all of us. And it ought to complement what everybody is doing. And that is bringing people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Christ. That's a purpose for central. And so do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. It deceives ourselves when we only listen, but do what it says. And anyone who listens uh, to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. All right? Last part of that says this, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. 
We started off this 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, last week, and, and we do it not just out of ritual, but we do it because it's a very fr front part of the year. Um, we do it because there's also thousands upon thousands of other individuals that are doing it. I believe in the power of unity. The Bible says that we should be unified, all right? And, and there's, there's thousands, literally thousands upon thousands, millions of people whom are fasting and praying in this particular time saying, Lord, we want you more than we want what this world has to offer. They're saying, Lord, fill us up, all right? We will give up so that you will fill us up. That's what this, this purpose is, all right? It's not to strong arm God. It's not to say, God, look at what I'm doing, so now I'm, I want you, you have to do this or you have to do that. Listen, God wants to do what his word says. He wants to heal. He wants to set free. He wants to open up and, and set the captives free, the, those who are in bondage. He wants to see people, right, who are in addictions. They want to see them addictions broken off of them. He wants to see you motivated and you have purpose in your life again. There's too many people who are walking around and they're hanging their heads low and, and they're wondering, you know, um, is this all that there is? Listen, when you understand that there is a bigger mission ahead of you, all right, than what you can accomplish in your own strength, rather than being bored with being a Christian, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit come and make you excited, all right, so you don't get overwhelmed, all right? You say, well, well, Pastor, so I'm constantly fighting this, this thing that's going on. There's always more to do than what I'm doing, right? I can't do it in my own strength. No, so what is the source? The source is him. The source is this, this supernatural power that only comes by denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following after him. And so, you know, last week we talked about this subject matter of how the physical obedience brings spiritual release. And I shared with you an occasion when, when Moses and, and the Israelites were in a battle and, and the particular occasion when they were uh, there in Exodus and they, his, uh, he had to lift up his hands. And as long as he was lifting up his hands, then their battle was being won. But when his hands were coming down, then the, they would start to lose. And so they came up with this thing. We'll just go ahead and, 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 and prop his hands up. Or, and then Aaron and Hur come on the side of him and they began to hold up his hands, all right, and lift them up. And, it, and that was just a physical thing that was being done. But we know in the word of God, there's all other kinds of physical things that was also being done. Do we not? Physical things that God has asked us to do. We know that it was important for Isaac, all right? And, and, and uh, Abraham and Isaac, when, when Isaac was just a, a young man and the Lord was new already, okay? Now, how many of you know that God knows all things? He knows all things. So this test that he put Abraham and Isaac through, all right, when he brought Isaac and he says, Isaac, or Abraham, I want you to offer your one and only son. I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. That was against anything and everything that Abraham could have ever thought he would hear from God. And the Bible tells us later on that he knew that even if God was asked him to do that, he was going to raise him back into life. We can find that in Hebrews. But the other fact of the matter is, is he says, listen, I want to know that you will hold nothing from me, that nothing is more important to me or to you than me. Now, God already knew. But you know who has to become convinced of it? <laughs> Say that again. Who has to become convinced of our loyalty and of our commitment? We do. There are things that God is going to ask you to do, faces in adversity and trials that will come your way, where the enemy has convinced you that, that, that if God asks you to go that way, that that is too far. I'm here to tell you today that when God is leading the way, there is nothing that he would ever ask you to do that is beyond 
what you're able to do with him on your side. Amen? You're able to do anything and everything that he leads you into. But we get intimidated because we've never done that before. We, we, we've not ever prayed that way before. Some of you, I believe, we, we, need, we need a regeneration and, and a recycling of some of our prayer people up here, all right? Some of you are coming up on a regular basis and receiving prayer, and that's great. I want that to happen. But some of you need to be getting on the prayer team, all right, and praying for some people. You know what I'm saying? You say, well, how does that happen? you got to let the confidence come up within you, and you got to let your prayer time, all right, your worship time, everything match the faith that's within you and say, God can use me just like he can use anyone else. God's not put any type of favoritism because of where a person is born and what particular line in their family or whatever household they come from or whatever side of the track they are or whatever color of skin that they have or whatever language they speak. God looks at everybody and he says, I've got a plan for you, a big plan, a big dream. <laughs> but there might be something physical you're going to have to do because guess what? You've got to get it in your mind. What it is that you are refraining from or what you're holding back or what it is that, you know what, I'll do anything you ask for me, Lord, but don't ask me to do this. What is that? What is that for you? What is that that, that the Lord would ask you to do that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I may, I may, I may have to wipe it all out, all those commitments, all those things that I said that I'm going to do. Lord, if you allow this to happen in my life, Therefore, I might really question the reality of your existence in my life. What is that? Because, you know, you may not know what it is, but the devil is out there fishing. He is fishing around. He is poking at you. He is throwing these, these, these darts of doubt into your life, these things that are trying to take away your faith. But guess what's supposed to happen? You're supposed to take up what? The shield of faith and, extor and exterminate those, those fiery darts, right? That's, what you're, that's what's going on in this time of prayer and fasting. You recognize the enemy's coming after you. This week was one of the most miserable weeks that I've had in a long time. All right? And it wasn't because of the eating thing. It wasn't because of the, 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 I'm t the Lord, the, uh, that, that voice that I had, that I, it just kind of, I said, I don't know what happened. I just woke up this morning and, and my voice was, was hoarse. I was just like, I didn't realize what was coming against me. But it was hard to focus to pray this week. I wanted to pray. I wanted to seek him. I wanted to go after him. And I, I missed three nights of prayer because I just, it wasn't healthy for me to be around other people. <laughs> and you know what? That was disappointing right in here. I had to get over that emotionally. I had to get over that and say, my goodness, Lord, that's not the way this year is supposed to start out. But you know what I've declared? You know what I made up my mind? It don't matter about those, those, those few days. It doesn't even matter if it's the first week to say, God wants to know about my long-term allegiance. God's, he's wanting to know whether or not I'm, I'm looking at him saying, Lord, what in the world's happening here? I'm trying to become spiritual. I'm trying to get in touch with you. I'm trying to get to the place to where the anointing is on me. And it's clearly visible, not only to me, but to other people. Not to give glory to me, but that they could be convinced that it can happen for them as well. Come on now. But the physical obedience that you've got to do, that I had to do this week, was just go ahead and keep on keeping on. I had to keep on, you know, say, Lord, I, 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 I feel so bad. My head was so foggy. 
I couldn't think. I couldn't stay awake. That bug, you know what I'm saying? But how many of you know that just the momentary troubles, the momentary troubles, those trials, they're just, they're just a little blip on the radar, all right? We got all kinds of territory that God wants to take us in. And so physical obedience brings spiritual uh, release. But I want to tell you something here. This is what I want you to understand today as well. Favor's increase is dependent upon your stewardship. Favor's increase is dependent upon your stewardship. To be a steward of something is to be a manager of something. And God has entrusted with each and every one of us an opportunity to be used by him. He's given you gifts. He's given you resources. Not just financial resources, but, but breath. He's given you a heart. He's given you, you know, your, your, your health. And he wants to know what it is that you're doing with your time. So favor's increase is dependent upon our stewardship. What are we going to do? The favor of God is, is he wants to come upon us. He wants to use us in a powerful way. But he's wanting to know whether or not we're going to use what he has given to us. Why would he give to us something that we're not going to do something with that's going to bring him glory and honor? You're familiar with the parable of the talents? Where the one was given five, one was given three, one was given one. We, uh, two, yeah, two, exactly. Thank you for that. And, and, and we find that, uh, the, we find that the, the individual who was given one was so fearful that he would lose the one talent that he basically went and buried it. He went and buried it. Why did he go and bury it? His, the reason he went to bury it is because he was fearful that the taskmaster was going to be so stringent on him that if he would lose even that one, that would be harder on him than to be able to come back and say, I've got this one. At least I've got the one. No, God wants you to take what he's given to you. He wants it to be multiplied. He wants you to be a good steward with what he has given you. Now, some of us get a little fearful when we have to enter into warfare. But I want to give you a, an occasion of a man whose name is Daniel. You know of him. It's the Daniel fast, the kind that we're going in. So I draw your attention to Daniel chapter 10. We find here in the scripture, we're going to read it. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was also called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and, it's and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Go ahead. And he says this, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. Okay, this is where we get this particular occasion of the Daniel fast. We find where he did it for 21 days. It's just one of the fasts that we find that's in the Bible, all right? He says, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions. He was chapped. <laughs> he was dry. Until the three weeks, were three weeks were over, all right? I don't know. I mean, he, he liked to feel smooth. He liked to feel, you know, he says, I'm not even going to use any lotion, all right? But the, the fact of the matter is, is that those things that were desirable to him, those things that were choice, he says, listen, if it means I want to show something, you mean more to me, to hear from you, to have your power working through my life, than the choice things that this world has to offer. And so on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, and his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the, gleam, like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I 
Daniel was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. And look at this. And he said, I had no strength left. Here is the fearful place that no one wants to go. Why would I do anything that would possibly cause me to have no strength left? Why would I serve and serve and serve and serve? Come on. Why would I use my gift when it's unappreciated, when it doesn't seem like it's having any gain, when there's no strength behind it? I'm glad that the Lord isn't done with that part, right? He had no strength. It was a true condition. It's what he was experiencing. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless, all right? Now, I'm not saying it was all because of just the food thing, but he had to get to a point to where none of us want to go to have no strength left. We don't want to get to this place. But then he says, then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face to the ground, a hand touched me and set me uh, trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, look at this, you who are highly esteemed. Or this could be, and you go back in, in, into the Hebrew, you can see the same words that was used in this, this particular place about him being highly esteemed and not having and desiring the choice food or not eating the choice food, that's the same thing. To the measure, Daniel, to which you have set aside and said, I want no choice food, I have highly esteemed and chosen you. Wow. Isn't it awesome that, guess what, God says, he sees and knows what you're doing. And that he knows what you're doing with the, with the favor that's already been given to you. And he wants to highly esteem you and highly give you favor, all right? He says, consider the carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Look at this. I got it underlined and bold there. Since the first day. Since the first day, can you think of an occasion when you prayed and you said, Lord, I have no strength left. I don't know what to do. I've been coming after you. I've been proclaiming your word. I've been telling other people about you. And I don't see a change. And all of a sudden, the Lord brings this awareness to you. Hey, listen, your words weren't nothing words. They weren't words of lacking impact. For the very first day, the very first day I heard you. How many of you know our human nature isn't automatically patient? We're not filled with that, right? No, we want, we want the results to be there. But since the first day that you set, look at what he did. He had to set his mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. What words? The words that were uttered on the very first day. Some of you are familiar with the Another Old Testament occasion when there was a, a general by the name of Naaman who had leprosy. Anyone ever hear this, this story before? And in this particular occasion, Naaman 
was going to go to Elijah, and he was going to, he's, he wasn't going to go to Elijah. He was talked into it. I'm just fast-tracking on the story. But said, if you go to this prophet, the prophet's going to tell you what to do. And he, when he went to the prophet, Elijah tells him, he says, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Now, the Jordan River wasn't a pretty river. <laughs> it's a muddy river. It's a dirty river. And this individual, this Gentile, basically, is being told to do something by this prophet, this, this man of God. And he's like, I can go bathe in all kinds of rivers. And I can do this. I don't have to go to this river. But he was talked into it by a servant girl. Surely, if the Lord would have asked you to do something more difficult, would not you have done it? There's some of us sitting here today and saying, it doesn't make sense that I should pray and offer up these words when I'm not seeing the gain that I want to see. There's no sense. I don't see the sense in me not eating food or me pulling away from the TV or pulling away from the radio or pulling away from the, 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 the technology of today, the social media. I don't see what difference it makes. The problem is many times we won't see what a, a difference it makes. We won't see how the things of this world are starting to, to crud up and, 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 and make us not understand the things of God. And when he went down and dipped into that river, the first time there was no change. Went down and dipped in the second time, there was no change. Third time, fourth time, I, I, he was getting tired of it. You ought to see some, some type of, a, of activity that's happening, some gradual weakening of this condition. Isn't that how we get motivated? When we hear the testimony that someone starts to, to, starts to get a little bit better, we start to let the hope to be built up within us when they're suffering with something for a long period of time. Well, who knows that maybe there's not going to be any kind of improvement until the day. Until the moment. I wonder who of us here today will have that kind of faith and seek for that kind of understanding. To humble ourselves and say, Lord, I'm not going to dictate to you how you're going to do this. But, you know, we could be like even Naaman in his unbelief. But it's following and obedient to the, the instructions that's coming from the man of God. And he goes down and he dips in that seventh time. And when he came up out of that river, there was no more leprosy. Amen? But favor's increase is dependent upon your stewardship. What are you doing with the instruction, with the time that's been given to you? And so we find here, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. There's this warfare that's going on for three weeks. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. There's a whole lot of other stuff backdrop I don't have to get time to get into with you today. But now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time that is yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and he was speechless. Then one who looked like a man... Uh, touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. And I said to the one standing before me, look at this. I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? He begins to analyze. He begins to evaluate. He says, my strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. I, what use could I be to you? 
What, don't, don't you see me in my pitiful state? And God looks down upon him and says, I see you in your pitiful state, in your condition. But I seen and know what you said on the very first day. I know what the intention of your heart was. And that is that I would speak to you, that I would minister for you, that I would represent you. And it's only when you get to the place where you quit relying upon your strength and relying upon me that I can begin to do something. And again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed. The one who left the choice things behind. The one who said, listen, I I, I don't care about those things. I I know that I'm going to take what the gifts that you have given to me. Even though sometimes we evaluate the gifts and we, we, we demean them. Some of you are great at things that other people aren't great at. And you look at that and you, you say, well, I want someone else's gift. Listen, this, this gift of helps is a real deal. The gift of helps, people who are helpers, people who are administrators, people who, yes, who are prophets, they're, 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 that's awesome. But listen, you can't demean what God has given to you. And he said, peace, be strong now, be strong and when he spoke to me, guess what? I was strengthened. And says, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. Daniel chose to do something. That he was linked up with and committed to for the long term. Today, as you sit here, you've got to know that the enemy is trying to do everything he can to poke holes in the strategy of God. And the plan of God and the tapestry of God. He's trying to get you to look at one day out of the 21 or one day out of the year and, and, and trying to get you to question whether or not God will be there for you. He's trying, to, he's trying to cause for other people to look at the way in which you respond to those things. You see, I said a couple weeks ago, God is relying on and counting on you to respond the right way. And he's come. And he wants to do something awesome in your life. And we're going we're to skip on that video because I just want you to go to this next slide, please. It says, prayer is connecting to God. Fasting is disconnecting from the world. When we pray, we're connecting with God. When we fast, we're disconnecting from the world. And we're saying, I don't want anything to do with that. What I want more than anything else is to be activated. I want me to be represented by that, that, that tablet. I want to be that which is submerged. I, I may just be a, a, a plain, ordinary, chalky little tablet that looks like it has no significance at all. But guess what? Once I get dropped into the Holy Spirit, all right, into that glass, there's this activation process that begins to happen in me. And there's going to be this bubbling activation activity that begins to happen. Amen? And it's going to be undeniable. Undeniable to other people who are around. Praise him. I want you to come if you would, please. I believe that God wants us to connect to him. I believe that he wants us to recognize that we have got to the place to where we're, we're afraid to grow weak. We're afraid of what other people will, will, will say. Sometimes we won't go up and pray for people because we're afraid that God won't do exactly what we're asking him to do. And we figure that, guess what? We might bring shame to God or we might bring shame to ourselves or, or how foolish we're going to look. Listen, there's nowhere in the word of God that God could say that that's what you're supposed to go and measure. He said, just go and do. 
And when you go and do, when you do this physical activity that is based upon the word of God, then all of a sudden, once you were weak and you, were, you, know, and you weren't able to do it in your own strength, all of a sudden the strength of God comes upon you and you're able to do it because God knew what was within your heart from the very beginning. And that was to bring glory and honor to him. How many of you want to do that? You want to do that? You want to bring glory and honor to God? Well, you know what we need? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. He is an invisible force, all right? He, you can't see him, but he is part of the Godhead. He was there in the very beginning of creation. The word of God says that, 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 that they created in the beginning. You know, God created, all right? He looked upon all the things that was there, and he breathed. When he breathed, that was the spirit of God breathing across those things. And he spoke those things into existence. That's the spirit of God, right? came also the word in Jesus. Oh my goodness. This Holy Spirit, you may not really understand the significance of connecting with him, but there is nothing that is of more importance than for you to have an encounter with God that's evidenced by the Holy Spirit just bubbling out of your life. Bubbling out of your life. And it doesn't happen, all right? I'm telling you, it doesn't happen unless you understand the significance of the initial days, of the first days, of the things that seem insignificant. It doesn't happen unless you understand that you've got to become weak so he can make you strong. Because as long as you stay strong, you think you've done it on your own ability. But God's got a people out there. He's got a task out there. He wants to set you free. When those storms are coming in your life, those are opportunities for you to say, yeah, I realize that's coming. I realize those things are happening. And I may be weak, but I'm waiting for that time when he says to me, guess what? Operate in my strength. There's a song that we're going to sing, and I want you just to prepare your hearts right now to, to worship with us. And it's called Holy Spirit. It's the name of the song. And it, it says this. It says, um, there's nothing worth more that would ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. It's your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Something the enemy would try to play off and, and, and belittle. But you say, I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. And when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, oh, it's your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome to come and flood this place and fill the atmosphere. What atmosphere? I'm not just talking about in this room. I'm talking about in your innermost being. Fill this atmosphere. And that you, Lord, your glory, that, that your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. I want to be overcome by his presence. And then finally the bridge says, let us become aware of your presence. And so the close of this service is this today. We're going to humble ourselves before the Lord. We're in the start of week number two. We've got 14 days to go of this. Some of you are going through some trials, some tragedies, some things that are overwhelming for you. But I want to tell you something. God's got great things in store. If you will remember, if you'll become aware that he heard you from the very first day, from the very first day that you said, Lord, 
I want more understanding of you. I want more of you. That's when he's coming in. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. And if there be anybody here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, I pray, God, that they would recognize the love that you have and the desire to take them to new places, new confidence in you. God has set them free from the bondage of sin and the guilt and the condemnation. Right now, Lord, move in their lives. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and it matters not the reason, but you just haven't, you don't have it, but you want one, would you lift up your hand right now and say, yes, let me start that relationship today. By the uplifting, you say, I want to start my relationship. I want to renew my relationship with the Lord. Anybody here today? Yes, God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else here today? You're here today. Yes, God bless you. He sees that. He knows that. Amen. Anyone else here today? I see individuals here, and I, I know of these individuals that they're making recommitments, and that's awesome. So here's what we're going to do as a family. We're going to join with them, and we're going to open up this altar again. Last week was just a, a, a phenomenal time, and, and we've got a little bit of time here. If we could just stand to your feet right now, if you would, in this place. Those individuals that raise your hands... You know what you need to do. It isn't getting saved all over again. It's recognizing those things that the enemy is using to take away the assurance of your faith. Take and say, you know what, the Lord, the Lord has saved me. And I ask for forgiveness of those sins, and he'll cleanse you from all those unrighteousness. Amen? Here's what I want us to do. If you're serious today, and you want the Lord to know the intent of your heart, you want him to understand that you're serious about making a difference in 2020. I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come up here and join us, if you would, please. Come up here. Everyone is, is serious. You want God to use you. And, and I know it's a, I'm calling the all church. If you're a guest here today, I, I can't apologize for where I feel like the Lord's taking this church family on. We're moving down a path and we're saying, Lord, we want and recognize that you're the one that's got to put strength in us. We can't do it in our own abilities. But we will be faithful with what you have given to us. We will be good stewards of the gifts that you've given to us. I wonder, how hungry are you for the move of the Holy Spirit in your life? How hungry are you? Let it be evidenced, all right? Not to anybody else, but, but to the Lord. For the audience of one, that you would just lift up your hands to him. And you would sing this song. And you make it a prayer song today. And you would say this. Lord, I want this. There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. Nothing can compare, Lord, than your presence. Lord Jesus, come on.